0: Hi, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is the 10th of September. It's Friday. Woo, woo. You made it to the weekend. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. My name is Heidi St. John, and after serving Washington families for the past 17 years, I am running for Congress to put a proven conservative voice in the House of Representatives to represent the people of Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. If you've had enough of liberals who disguise themselves as conservatives, I need your help. Together, we can tell both the rhinos and opportunistic out-of-state candidates we want our voice back. To join me in my fight for Congress, please visit com. So I'm glad you guys are here today. I appreciate so much you taking just a few minutes out of your day and spending it with me here at the podcast. Uh, I have, you haven't left reviews yet for the show. We really would love for you to do that. You can do it at iTunes. Give us a a five star rating and leave a review and uh, let people know why you listen to the show. That really helps us get it out to other people. Also, want to remind you to join me at Momstrong International. We are studying um, Beautiful Lies with Jennifer Strickland. It's an awesome study. We've got some really great things coming up. And you can get the scripture writing challenge start getting into God's word with your children. It's never been more important. Than it is right now. I wanted to do something a little different today because it's Friday, and we've already made it. I can't even believe it, you guys. <laughs> every time, every time I record these, I'm like, wow. You know, the uh, the days are going by really fast. Uh, the sun is definitely setting sooner here in the Pacific Northwest. There are some trees on the east side of um of our house that are already almost completely red. And it happened within like a three day span. And I told my husband that what I said to you guys on the show the other day was exactly how I feel. I love fall. I'm the, I'm the pumpkin girl. I love to, you know, decorate my house and make it all cozy and wonderful. And this year I've had some angst about it because I know it's going to get dark really quickly. And I know some of you are, are feeling that way and a little bit, um, Feeling a little bit melancholy, and and because of the the culture, I think right now they've put a little, they've politicized everything, right? So Starbucks is you know takes these ridiculous stands, and you go you want to see a movie, but the movie goes and makes a political point ahead of the movie, and you realize, wow, the whole world is on fire. And so today, I want to talk a little bit about the preciousness of friendship because every single one of you listening to this, you guys have people in your life that are precious to you, and friends are, are such a huge, important, or they should be a beautiful, important part of our life. And I was thinking about the relationship between um, Saul's son, King Saul's son, Jonathan, and David. And so I'm going to hit on that just a little bit today and then talk to you about some, some people in my life that I'm just so thankful for. Uh, C.S. Lewis said that friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things which gives value to survival. And I think that's what's happening with our friends right now. They're giving value to us surviving this crazy time. We're gonna look back on it and we're gonna have stories for our grandchildren. And the other day, we were having a particularly, I don't know, the right way to exactly say it, at our home, and... I was able just to steal away with my my sweet husband for a, a little bit. We went down to our favorite uh, little pub in Battleground, which we're there a lot. And I like to sneak in the back. Then I can walk outside and not to put a face diaper on my face. And we were talking about what was going on and we just needed to just be still for a moment and try to let the voice of um, the Holy Spirit just minister to us and refresh us. And friendship does that. My friendship with my husband certainly does that. And God gives us each other. And I was thinking about the story of David. You guys know David. He was a shepherd, right? He was uh, plucked out of um, tending the sheep to become king over all Israel. Jonathan was a prince. Jonathan had his own armor and David had nothing but a harp and a slingshot, which we know how that Turned out. Jonathan grew up in the palace and was trained in the art of war. David grew up in a little town of Bethlehem, and he was trained to tend sheep. Jonathan was the oldest son and in line to inherit the throne. David was the youngest of eight boys and anointed the next king in place of Jonathan. Jonathan was from the tribe of Benjamin, David, the tribe of Judah. And despite their differences, they were arguably the best friends the world has ever known. Now, we've all heard the story of David's victory against the giant Goliath, and I think a lot of us are, are feeling that right now in particular. You know, we are in a very David and Goliath fight right now, and David only had a sling and a stone to come up against this Philistine giant, and God empowered him, and he took it down, and it reminded me that God doesn't need our help, you guys. With God, all things are possible. Are you facing, you know, impossible odds right now? Does it feel like the whole world's coming up against you? The Bible says that all you need is to trust God and he's going to give you everything you need. But before that happened, remember, before the story of David and Goliath... Jonathan and his armor bearer alone killed 20 Philistines, after which God called a panic that resulted in the Philistine army, quote, melting away in all directions. That's, if you want to read this story to your kids, it's a great story. uh, In 1 Samuel chapter 14. And this allowed Saul and his men to defeat him. Well, Jonathan was a great man of war already. And scholars think that he met David in the palace when he was very young. On probably one of the one of many occasions that David was called on to play the harp, because remember he played the harp and he had uh, a slingshot. That was kind of what and he was a shepherd, and King Saul was emotion. He was an emotional mess, absolutely tormented emotionally. The Bible says in First Samuel seventeen that David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem, and their friendship began right after David uh, killed Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, it said, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with David still holding the Philistine's head. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as he loved himself. And I'm trying to imagine what Jonathan must have thought. You know, here's this this shepherd guy, this giant slayer, a warrior by day and a songwriter by night. And it's not often in life that your hero is younger than you, but in this case, that was the story. David was a hero. He could soothe the king and defeat the enemy, and he could cause the ladies to swoon. The Bible records in 1 Samuel 18 that whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and joyful songs. And as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Well, what do you think happened after that? Of course, we know the story. Saul became jealous and not Jonathan though. Saul became jealous and eventually tries to kill David. But I think about this story in light of the people that God has brought into my life. So while most people in Jonathan's shoes would have felt jealous and threatened by the success of David, Jonathan saw what God saw in him instead. First Samuel 16, you guys know this verse, the Lord does not look on the things that people look. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And David was a man after God's own heart. And he often gets recognized for his heart, but Jonathan clearly had a depth of spiritual insight and discernment. And they were brought together in a covenant of friendship. They became friends. They sealed their friendship with an oath that's found in in 1 Samuel 18. Friendship is precious and it's worth protecting. And it's a gift. It really is a gift from God. And not only does God give us friends in our lives, Jesus taught us by example everything we need to know about friendship. And he offers the greatest friendship imaginable. It was Jesus who said, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down your life for your friends. There's a lot of ways that friends lay down their lives for us. I want you guys to be thinking about somebody who's in your life that has just really blessed you, that has been true over time, tried and true. Someone who loves you like they love themselves. Someone who helps you find your strength in God, who picks you up when you fall down, who tells you the truth, even when you don't wanna hear it, maybe especially then. Because those are the kinds of friends that we need right now. And as I was sitting having a steak bites, oh man, that's my favorite thing at Barrel Mountain, steak bites and a summer medley salad. I was sitting there with Jay and we were just being refreshed just by being together. And I was so thankful for my friendship with him. And I told him that. We're coming up on our 32nd wedding anniversary. And as the years are going by, my friendship with him has become more precious to me, and actually, uh during my run for Congress, and uh, I told you I just finished a book, The Lord has brought so many precious people into my life, chief among them would have to be well, there's a couple of people I think of, but Melissa Crabtree really bubbles to the surface. You guys know melissa she's been on the show with me a whole bunch of times um She's worked for me coming up on 10 years, but as a staff member, you know, we were introduced by my wonderful uh, friend and really just a surrogate dad to me, Steve, Steve Lambert and Jane Lambert. They've been, they're like parents to me. And Steve said, Hey, Heidi, you, you need help, which, you know, hello, we can go all over the place. And so I, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty new to, to blogging, but, um, Realizing I couldn't continue what I was doing effectively without getting help and not having my my marriage suffer or my mothering suffering, and so uh, he said, "You know, meet my meet Melissa Crabtree. She works for me, and I think she would be helpful for you." Well, that turned into uh, what has been just one of the greatest blessings of my life, and I really hope Melissa listens to this because last week I told you guys I was I was up against a deadline. I was finishing my book. It was a huge project. Oh my goodness. It was, yes, it was a huge, it's coming out next year. You guys are going to be, I hope you're going to be blessed. But it was, it's a 365 day devotional. And um, the word count on those things is extraordinary. And the time that goes into it is, um, it's really something else. And the Lord really helped me do it. And He really helped me through my friends. And Melissa, yeah, I was talking to Melissa and the deadline, you know, fast approaching and with the run for Congress and all the things I'm doing, the Homeschool Resource Center and being a mother and all the things and Momstrong International. And I just, And then I got sick. I got the Rona. Well, that was a bummer. And then I was down for two weeks at that. Now I have, wait for it, dun, 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 natural immunity. I feel like that should be a button. I'm totally gapping right now. I feel like that's, you know, dun, 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 natural immunity. So like when you walk into the store, it should trigger something. Natural immunity. (laughs) I just want to, oh my word, I trust my immune system. Anyway, squirrel, squirrel. So Melissa called and she said, how many more do you have to do? And I told her, and we were trying to figure out, okay, these are the days. So I I blocked off, you know, five days. We took every appointment off of my calendar except for radio interviews. And I locked myself, you know, in, in my room and I'm just writing, 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 writing. Well, I had a few more to do on Wednesday. And Wednesday of last week, I was speaking at uh, a prayer rally with my friend Ray Reynolds in Vancouver and really just uh, this appealing to heaven. We were trying to encourage everyone, appeal to heaven. God has the answers for this. And I love this community. It was on my heart. And so we did that that night. Well, that afternoon I was still writing. My phone rang. Friend of mine said, uh, hey, Heidi, you heard the news. President Trump has endorsed your opponent. And remember, I'm trying to finish a book. And so that took a little bit of time to, well, first to digest uh, the news, and I talked about this on America's Town Hall. So if you guys want to hear the whole thing, go to America's Town Hall and you can, you can hear the whole story there. Anyway, uh, so that kind of messed up my afternoon. I lost maybe, um, uh, three hours of writing. And then I went to do the prayer rally in Vancouver. And then I got home at about 8.15 at night and I still had a whole lot more writing to do. Well, Melissa, knowing the the pressure that I was under and all the things I was working on, she was getting a little army of, um, friends of mine together, and she coordinated them. Steve Lambert, amazing, amazing help to me uh, in the midst of all this. And Melissa was coordinating friends of mine from years and years, Trisha Goyer being one of them. I have new friends, old friends who came in and said, we're going to help you um, finish the book because they're they're little devotionals. And so when I got home at 8.30 that night, I called her and said, I'm home now. It's 10.30 at night for Melissa. You got to understand. So we're two hours apart. And she said, okay, this is the number that we're on. And she started showing me, you know, how, all these people that she had gotten to help me. And it was such an encouragement. It's the, it's the moment when you think, you know what? I'm just gonna quit. This is dumb. I can't do it anymore. And that friend that says, no, you God asked you to do this and we're gonna help you. And that really is how I see Melissa in my life. Actually, yes, and Marlene and and Kay and my sister Haley. And there's so many people in my life that God has blessed us with because some of you guys think I do this by myself. I don't. I I don't, I have so, I mean, the Lord has blessed me with amazing people that have been holding up my arms and helping me do the things that God has asked me to do. So this is the case for me finishing this manuscript. So at midnight, my husband, he writes a devotion. He says, what about this? Remember this time? And I'm gonna write it. Well, writing is not Jay's favorite thing to do. He actually doesn't like it at all. And so for me to see him sitting in that chair trying to help me finish this book, uh it was, a, was such a gift and a blessing to me. And at about two o'clock in the morning, it was, I'm still writing. Now remember it's four o'clock Melissa's time. I'm still writing. And I think I had three more to do. And I said, I told Melissa, I texted her. I said, I, I give up. No, we had six more to do. I said, I, I give up. I'll finish the-, the six in the morning. She goes, well, how many do you have left? And I told her six. And she goes, I can write another one. Well, when she says that to me, of course, I'm not gonna go, okay, you stay up. It's four in the morning there. And I'm gonna go to bed. I was like okay, I'll I'll write another one too. So pretty soon we had two more knocked out. And then another, and, um, my sister Hillary sent one. Now I've got three more knocked out. And the very last um, devotion was finished at about three, three o'clock. So it would have been about five o'clock. So basically Melissa stayed up with me all night long and she helped me finish this project, which I had been working on for some time now for about a year and a half. And when I committed to it, remember I wasn't, I wasn't running for Congress. So my life had taken on quite a different turn. And I thought it would be a blessing to you guys. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, a preview of of the book. This is the last devotion. This is the last of 365 devotionals that are coming out in the book uh, next year. And I wrote this, uh, it is called, Two Really Are Better Than One. Ecclesiastes 4.10, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help him up. It's 1:55 a.m. as I write this. The house has been quiet for a long, long time. My back is tired, my eyes are weary, but my heart is overwhelmed with gratitude. You see, this is the last of the 365 devotionals that I'm writing for this book, and you need to know a secret. I've finished it with the help of some wonderful friends. I will remember August of 2021 as the month God sent me a genuine rescue. As my deadline for the project loomed ever closer, I was in the heat of a fierce battle. I was running for Congress. Actually, at the time of this writing, only God knows the outcome of the race. But women, I needed help to finish. I wanted to quit. I was out of words. I was tired. I was discouraged. I was just done. In short, I fell down. I called Melissa to announce that I was no longer an author. I wasn't even sure I wanted to be a congressional candidate at that point. Now, Melissa knows me very well. She's worked for me for 10 years and has become a treasured friend. Heidi, she said, you can't quit. You're so close. Moms, if only you knew how often I've heard this from her, you would laugh. Well, how many more do you have to write? She asked. After a bit of hesitation, I told her. Her silence said what we both knew. I could not finish on time without a miracle. You have two days off right now, she said. Let's pray. We prayed, but honestly, I still wanted to quit. Have you ever felt that way? I thank God for friends who don't let us quit. Soon, another one of my dear friends, Steve, called, and Melissa told him about my predicament. Heidi, Steve chuckled. Girl, you're a mess, he said, stating the obvious. What can I do to help? And help he did. I now refer to him as having the fastest writing skills of anyone I know. Melissa continued to reach out for more help, and soon author friends, staffers at MomStrong International, even some friends from my campaign were writing devotionals for me. And we finished at 2.02 a.m. The furious texting stopped, and we all fell into bed across all the time zones. I believe it was 4.04 for sweet Melissa. Solomon was right. Two, or in my case, 12, really are better than one. You guys nurture the relationships that God gives you, You never know when you're going to fall down and need a little help getting back up. I hope this encourages you guys. And I want you to take just a minute today and text that person in your life who helps you get back up. Say thank you and acknowledge them. Melissa Crabtree, it was her birthday on Wednesday. And uh, this is my little happy birthday to her. Melissa, I'm thankful for you and for the entire staff at... uh, Mom Strong International, you guys really are a treasure. You guys, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, say a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord. I know things are difficult right now, but God is still on his throne and the things he has given you are precious. Marriage is precious. Our children are precious. Our friendships are precious. This country is precious and we have much to be thankful for. Have a wonderful weekend and I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture.